Adventures in Gambling. You are listening to Rouge, White, and Blue, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to the Rouge, White, and Blue CFL Podcast. My name is Oz Davis. I'm the co-host of the show. And always my co-host of the show is Joe Pritchard. Joe, how are you feeling? The Bombers are 4-0. They don't deserve to be, but the Bombers are 4-0. Right. I was going to say undefeated in one realm, undefeated in another realm, no longer. Now, Joe, who had been cruising. Cruising? That's fair. Okay, through the first few weeks of the CF uh, Canadian Football Podcast Network Daily Fantasy Canadian Football League. I believe I got my adjectives all in the right place there. Joe had to finally take a loss. Now, on one hand, you could grouse because your opponent was who I know he put up, his team put up 136 points, which I think has got to be the one-week record so far this season. Actually, yeah, I think there were two really high scorers this past week. And I I happened to face Robert Dalton of the Rouge Radio podcast, and he put up huge numbers, and it happens. That's it. I wasn't too too upset with how I with how my team fared, but right. I I also didn't have a chance. I couldn't really. uh, He he had such a good lineup going that any little tweak I could have made, any little thing. It's just one of those weeks that just wasn't going to happen. So right, I could sleep easy after that one. The crazy thing is, is that most games in the league were blowouts this week. Uh, Wasn't a situation where you're facing the guy who has the best uh, score that week and you have a score that would have beaten almost everybody else because you would have only have beaten two other winners this week, both of whom were at to and out <laughs> uh, Travis, who got his first win and Brazilian tie who got another win, but Ooh, it was a close shave. We might say, uh, but he still pulled it out. And uh, meanwhile, yours truly. Oh, and four, <laughs> I was facing up. I was facing up and my opponent had three skill players who went for almost 30 points each. So that alone was enough to finish me off right there. God damn it. I went with your quarterback. I didn't take my own advice. We'll talk about this in a minute. Vis-a-vis defense, that might have got me a few points, but I had no hope of winning this week. Maybe next week I'll break the streak, but I doubt it. And you've got the Podsky Wee Wee boys, so. Yes, yes. Now, Podsky Wee Wee has not been very good in this league. I think I may even have more points. Then Podsky Weeby, but of course he is not 0-4. He's one and three. Uh, I don't know. I might win. I might win. I just hope he has to load up on Tiger Cats. Yeah, that'd be a good strategy <laughs> for him this week, wouldn't it be? I, I, I have uh, Zach Schnitzer from the Bonfire Sports Show, or the midweek show, okay. and the post game show. <laughs> so <laughs> he's Zach. Zach's got a lot of things going on all of a sudden, and it's mm. good to have a new, fresh voice in the uh, in. The, around the CFL podcast. <laughs> but he, yes. <laughs> he's one of the only other Owen fours though, isn't he? Sure. Yeah, it's me, him, and Rod. 
<laughs> well, at least I'm Watch, a all three, all three, you are winning next week. Calling it now. Oh, man. <laughs> I, well, I might have a chance. Rod should be better than he is. But, you know, I tend to think this about Travis, too. Travis should be better than one and three, too. But, hey, that's fantasy football. And I swear to God, that's not just sour grapes. And um, now that we've lost 70% of our audience, maybe we should start talking. Ah, about come on. Come on. We're <laughs> done. We're done. We're done. I'm sure. Uh, oh, that wasn't more than three minutes. I'm sure everybody's okay. All right. Uh, let's get on forward. To- pass forward. Pass forward. Okay. We're <laughs> <That's> back. <laughs> plus 10. Plus 10. So let's go back to real football, real Canadian football. All right, so we usually like to count down the games, summarize them, whatnot. Let's start at the top. Exciting way to start the week. I thought pretty much everybody had to be pleased with this game, uh, especially those hyping up Canadian quarterback Nathan Mark. BC Lions 34 at Ottawa Red Blacks 31, the first of four losses from East Division teams this year. Uh, This game also represented probably my last good betting tips for a while. I did say that the lions should cover the two and a half. Uh, didn't you go with Ottawa in the upset in this one, Joe? I did. Yeah. And they just about did boy. The bookmakers are getting good at these CFL lines. Uh, these past couple of weeks uh, hit that by half a point. I don't think this game was as close as the final score indicates. Um, BC really dominated in the first half. I mean, literally the first three drives were three and outs. Uh, The second drive in the second quarter uh, was also a three and out. So four of the first five drives were three and outs. They were just killing it. Didn't allow a touchdown in the first half. Uh, The offensive line, as I talked about, hinted a little bit last week, just punishing in that first half. I mean, just wiping guys out of the picture screen. It was really awesome, especially in that second quarter to look at. In the second half, it seemed like both teams had figured out some offense, but really the Red Blacks were gifted the ball twice inside the 20 on turnovers. You know, Nathan Work had one bad quarter in which he threw two picks, got hit once, I believe in that same quarter and uh, but really the rest of this game was all BC lions. Am I not wrong here, Joe? No, BC did carry the play for most, for the most part, the mistakes they made Ottawa took advantage of the mistakes. And that's something that Ottawa wasn't doing the first couple of games. They were giving Winnipeg chance after chance after chance to uh, Winnipeg's not going to make a ton of mistakes uh, and BC clearly isn't going to make a ton of mistakes either but at least to Ottawa's credit they did take advantage of what they were given Uh, they just didn't have enough to take it across the finish line well you pointed this out last week too Ottawa does not quit particularly on defense they won't give up these games, you know, no matter how far down they are. And the thing is, I mean, they were down by double figures for most of this game and they made it look good at the end of the game by getting, you know, the late points there, giving betters a heart attack. Uh, but other than that, I mean, uh, I don't know. This seemed like a lot of BC. Now, 
are there positives to take away from the Red Blacks? I mean, yes, they took a, they took advantage of the opportunities, but geez, is that what it's going to take to score more than a field goal is to be given the ball in the red zone? It's something. At least they were take, taking advantage of those chances. Right. I mean, they haven't had that much luck with the long drives yet this year, but yeah. the, give, getting the ball inside in the, in that territory, you got to be coming away with six. <laughs> now, yeah, they, I, I mean, if you really it. if you really want to put a positive spin on how things are going for Ottawa right now, mm-hmm. they've played Winnipeg, Winnipeg, BC, and they've played them tough all three yeah. games. That's a tough, tough schedule to start with, and it doesn't get any easier either. Um, that's a, that's another thing that that should scare Ottawa fans as they go from Winnipeg, Winnipeg, B, um, BC at Riders this week at Saskatchewan. So it gets easier because they start playing Eastern teams for the rest of the month. Yeah, they're but gonna be so. <laughs> they're gonna have up. to. They're gonna have to win two of those three games to. Uh, against the East coming up here. And one of them looks like a schedule loss already because they go Saturday the 16th at Hamilton, Thursday the 21st at home against Montreal. That's a tight turnaround. Been burned on picking those ones before, though. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes that team stays hot. Um, yeah, I Jeez, you know, on one hand, yeah, that's a tough way to start the season, you know, possibly 0-4, whatever, but geez, they're going to be toughened up by the time they play the East. You know, it, it's like they're going to be ready for anything. I mean, already. Sure, but if they if the, if too much negativity seeps in, it, yeah. it, it could crack everything. And, yeah. then, and then, whoosh, there well, goes your season. Okay, but again, this team is not giving up. This team is staying with the opposition. They're, they're not accepting defeat until that final gun sounds. And I mean, we'll talk about it later, but compare that to what was going on in Toronto, even in the first half, you know, um, that's a team that's more worried about sticking together than Ottawa, about letting losing get to them than Ottawa right now. I mean, you know, so I, I'm not too concerned about that if I'm a Red Blacks backer. On the other hand, you know, it would be nice for them to get a W in the column. I don't think that Saskatchewan game will be as tough as, as you think, probably. But we'll see. Um, going on, Edmonton Elks, 29. Hamilton Tiger Cats, 25. All right. So is it safe to say Hamilton's a first-half team? <laughs> well i was going to suggest that they're not much of a team um this season i guess i guess the headline story or, or at least yeah i definitely the tsn story here is of course this was the debut of trey ford mm-hmm. uh who had you know really kind of Average at best stats, 15 of 26 for 159 yards passing, uh, one touchdown versus one interception. But, you know, the stat that doesn't lie, they're one to know. They want to know with him at quarterback. Canadian quarterbacks are now what? Four no this season as starters in the CFL. Um, but I thought for me, I mean, again, like having 
Lawler and Walker and Arsenault can certainly help in making you look good. You know, that, that can certainly help you get over the growing pangs a little bit. Now, now of course, there, I, there weren't any long routes in this entire game. I don't know if that's a consequence of arm strength or game planning or what, but wow. I mean, again, these receivers certainly made um, Mr. Ford's debut a little bit easier. Can, can you give uh, the most outstanding player of the game? Can you split that three ways? <laughs> maybe not but it, it it was a good idea for them to make the mm-hmm. change uh because they were getting okay quarterback play out of nick arbuckle but this year isn't about okay this year is about in edmonton i mean chris jones and uh, and the entire organization is going to tell you that this year is about trying to win every game well not in a, not reasonably that's what they have to say but right. they're building for they're trying to put Chris Jones's program back into place in Edmonton. It's going to take some time for him to find the pieces he wants. So if you're getting just okay play out of a veteran and you're losing, you might as well see what you got behind him. And they seem to like Trey Ford. Uh, they actually featured him uh, quite prominently on one of their preseason videos, uh, as they were doing the behind the scenes, I forget what the name of theirs is because a few teams have them now. So I'm forgetting the names of what they're calling them these days, but they do seem to have to like what they have in Ford already. So why not? Let's see what he's got. You got the veteran receivers there. You got the vet- veteran running back if and when Wilder comes back because he is out right now. Let's see what he's got. Uh, and what he's got seems to be so far intriguing, at least. We haven't seen in the CFL a whole lot of a multi of a multi-purpose playmaking quarterback. We haven't seen a lot of that lately, and that's what the, the league used to be built around. Mm. If you go back to the eighties or mid nineties, got quarterbacks scampering all over the place, making making plays up with their feet, with their arm. Coaches seem to be get, getting away from that because it takes control away from the coaches. But if you got a guy like that, you could take the ball out of the hands of the defensive coordinator by making him honor every threat, honor Ford's feet, honor the fact that you still got to get a rush on him, but then honor the fact you got to stick on those receivers because Ford's going to make, something happen with his feet and then go back to honoring the fact that Ford can still outrun you. If you haven't, if you don't have somebody right on top of him. good luck covering that whole field with a quarterback that can move around like that, that has the athleticism to turn uh, a zone defense into a big play. If he sees a hole and then try to keep cover on these veteran receivers that know how to find holes in your defense while Trey Ford is buying himself some time. He's he's young. He's raw. He's going to make stupid mistakes. Every quarterback does, especially when they're young. But let's let him make those mistakes. Let's let, let him find out what this league is about, and then we'll see what we have in two, three months. Well, the Ticats, too, is a great team for him to debut against right now because you're talking about 
not forcing mistakes. I mean, this defense isn't forcing anything this year. I mean, okay, in this game, I mean, again, just, just, just nothing played by this Tiger Cats defense. In this game, one quarterback sack, one interception, no other turnovers, no other turnovers of any sort, okay? Now, this is against a team that has allowed 11 sacks and seven interceptions in the three games prior. That's four and two. And all the Tiger Cats are getting out of this is one and one. I mean, this team lacks punch. I don't even need to talk about the offense and how it appears that they have no run game. It appears that they don't like any of their quarterbacks anymore to start. I mean, again, let's talk about some dissension. This does not look like a happy team on the sidelines vis-a-vis who's running the offense. Last week, you said that the Edmonton Elks were beginning to resemble a real football team. Okay, what can you say about the Tiger Cats this week after this game? They need somebody to step up and make a play, for God's sake. <laughs> they've got talent. They've lost some. Granted, they've lost some. Every team's lost some talent. They, get, they find new talent to fill it in. I haven't seen that happen on Hamilton's side yet. I don't see anybody stepping up into the holes made. I mean, you're not going to fill Jagera Davis's shoes. Mm-hmm. That's just not going to happen. But there should be somebody at least at least making a viable attempt at doing so, at least making offensive coordinators have to think about them. Uh, it seemed like they had a great setup in their, in their middle of their defense. Dylan Wynn, Micah Johnson, Ted Laurent, and you could rotate a few of those guys in and out. It's nothing, nothing's happening right now. Yeah, how often have you heard Laurent's name this year? When you're watching these shows, I mean, he's Dylan Wynn is the only name I'm seeing. At right. All. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wynn has been okay. <laughs> you know, uh, but I mean, again, wow. I just, just blown away by the lack of punch in this team. No, and then they have no running game to speak of. Right. So that is all on Dane Evans's shoulders to win every single week. And he's never had that before. He's always right, and, had, and- he's always had Jeremiah Mazzoli over his shoulder. Uh, either as the injured starter in 19, where, okay, you're the backup. We're not expecting the world from you. And then 2020, and then he did fantastic the whole year. And then 2021, yeah. you could go back and forth if you wanted to. And they did. Mm-hmm. This year, it's they're putting it all on his shoulders, and they're giving him no support. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I mean, just from from what it looks like. I mean, they're, they're, they're losing their, their patience with this guy too. You know, some of these, some of these players on the offense are not uh, responding well anymore. I think no, nothing like what's happening. You get where, what happened last week in Toronto, but you know, it's just, wow. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm stunned. I, I can't. And what really blows me away is I can't for the life of me understand why I chose these guys in for my fantasy defense this past week, I even because said of, on, because of Edmonton. That's what I did. Yeah, I know, it's but I even I even said on this show Edmonton <laughs> might be a good pick here, and sure enough, they sure. got a lot more. But they're numbers starting than a rookie Hamilton. quarterback. You're expecting a rookie quarterback to make some mistakes. You're expecting him to stay in the pocket a little bit too long. You're expecting him to scramble 
when he's not not supposed to and get himself caught 15 years behind the line. Mm. Mm. None of that. Mm. None of that. One sack, one interception. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And and that's the thing. I mean, going from the fantasy perspective going forward, man, don't take Hamilton defense. They're just Jesus. They're not doing anything. By the eye test, they have no punch. And by the fantasy game, they have no stats. So, all right. Let's go on to this one. Saskatchewan Rough Riders, 41. Montreal Alouettes, 20. Now, I wanted to to start uh, this one by talking about this term train wreck. Right now, a lot of people... I think these days are starting to overuse this word, right? We're, we're overusing it for anything that's a disaster and, and that's, you know, really horrible. Kind, kind of like a dumpster fire, except it's over. You know, it's not continuing like a dumpster fire, right? But here's the thing. A train wreck is more than that. Part of the train wreck has to be that after it happens, you're walking around like a zombie going, what the hell happened? I don't understand. Joe, what the hell happened? I don't understand. What was that second half? What? <laughs> like, I think the French call that feu de ben, <laughs> dumpster fire. I got to brush up. I'm going to Montreal in a month. I better, I better get these terms under my belt. By yeah, you never know. You never know when dumpster fire might come up. Oh, yeah. If you talk about the game and it's like this one. I mean, like, jeez. I mean, like, like. Wow. I mean, here we are at half. I mean, we're covering the spread, right? We're getting points. We're winning outright. 13-11. And the next thing I know, it's like, bam, bam, bam. Like, Jesus, what happened? I, I, I'm, I'm just stunned. I just, everything just fell apart. And by the end of the game, we're going to Vernon Adams. And it's just, wow. Just amazing how you know, Vernon Adams gets taken out for week two. We're building up. We're building up this confidence. Last week, I'm raving about this. Wow. In a few weeks, we're going to have such an offense. We're going to have so many quote unquote skill players out there. It's going to be great. Just piff, just blown away. Just again, I'm, I'm just absolutely speechless about this. I don't know what to take away. All right. Oh, right. I did put this in my notes because I did want to say this. Okay. No lead is safe, is now officially dead. And I can even give you the time at which it died. Okay, we're no longer allowed okay. to say we're no longer allowed to say this. Okay, so this is I have this at seven thirty seven in the fourth quarter. Okay, here it is. It's thirty two to twenty. All right, just prior to this, thirty two to twenty. Right, riders are up, and the the Owls force for the first time in the second half the three and out. Okay. Or the two and out. I'm sorry. Okay, so we're all set. We get it back. Bam, intercepted. Okay, all right. Game's over, right? Not so fast, right? Al's another nice defensive stand. Get it back. Pick six. <laughs> okay, 
it's over. You know, I'm, I'm, ah, just kill me. I mean, because look, in when it's 32 to 20, all right, that's like the classic. We're going to have a comeback now. It was very similar to the Toronto game, right? It kind of looked, felt like that a little bit, right? Or I guess looking back at it now, it kind of felt like that at the time. Okay. No sweat. Gives it up. All right. Not looking so good anymore. Again, bears down. Alouette's defense bears down. They get the ball back. Again, you think, all right, we have a chance again. Nope. Nope. I mean, just absolutely awful. Absolutely awful. What am I supposed to think about this team going forward? Um, never mind. That's a rhetorical question. I also think that if they're planning to make a move at head coach anytime soon. <laughs> oh, no. No. I think it's I think it's this week. Like, oh. Unless you're going to keep Kahari all year and you have full confidence in him a tell him that because it doesn't it seems like he it seems like um he's got somebody watching over his shoulder maybe named danny machocha possibly uh but if you're if if it's in if it's in danny in the back of danny's mind to make a change at some point and take over coaching himself this is the perfect time and Wow. I hope Kahari gets a gets another shot, but it's pretty clear that things are a mess. It's pretty cl- it's pretty clear that the East is up for grabs. So how long do you go with a coach that's clearly doesn't seem to have the confidence of the people around him right now? How far do you go with that? Unless you plan on keeping him around all year. Like, it seems like this time you're bright. You're right in the thick of a race, even though you're one in three. You've got two weeks to figure it out. If you're going to make that change anytime before Labor Day, you might as well just make it now and get it over with. Wow. Wow. That's hardcore. That's because, okay. And I'm not advocating for that, for that action mind you and i'd love to see kari get a full shot but it doesn't seem like he's going to get that so if you're not if you're not going to give him that full season after what he's done for you over the past couple years just just take care of it rip the band-aid off now and move on and get and get just get it over with and move on to what you're going to be i guess yeah i guess this would be the cfl equivalent of a new owner move right because I mean, it's not like he's going to make a big player trade, and, and it's even the gen. It's more the general manager play here because the Chocha's. You want your guy, has, yeah. but Chocha might be. Maybe he's his own guy. Maybe it's. Yeah. It's. I wouldn't say it's Jim Pop all over again. Although that's what Jim Pop kept doing, because Denny Machocha has the more of a background as a coach. He's won a Grey Cup as a coach, so I could see him doing that unless he's got somebody else in mind, but. I don't see what keeping Kari Jones around for another few weeks would do for you. If you're, if you have in the back of your mind, you're going to make a move at some point. Seems kind of weird. Seems kind of weird because, you know, again, I think that this is kind of a lack of personnel problem on one level. There is some, Clearly, there's no, some but, poor game. And, and when you're cut, and when you're cutting a, a good linebacker because he's not getting along with a teammate or a coach or what have you, things aren't going well in the locker yeah, room either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jeez, I didn't even consider that. 
but you may be right. No. God, I mean, we're like, it's so insane because, I mean, by the American system, we're half a game out. You know, we're zero points out. But again, of course, you know, we've got the the loss, right? So right. we're not actually, we're actually like two games back, to be honest. But, you know, still in the race here. And, you know, I mean, we've scored far more points than anybody else in the East. I mean, it's not like the talent isn't all there. It's just... No, it's not like things are going are a disaster yet but it's trending that way quickly wow damn you may be right you may be right that pick six it's either it's either (laughs) it's it's either say it's either say to everybody that it's kari's job and let's stop talking about it or get on with it already because this has been rumored for months at this point yeah man Bummer. Okay, let's go on to oh, um, did anything? Okay, did anything about the riders really move you in this game? Because and the I thing, mean, the thing with that is, yes. Okay, there was something. Okay, they did have a they did have a run game show. They Jamal Moro had a great game up there. Yeah, Moro. They do have. They do now have Mario Alford. Uh, from in a trade from Montreal right after the game. Yep. Yep. Uh, so they've got that so they can give Morrow the kick returns or they can get Morrow off of kick returns and focus him on the running game. So they got that going. They also took care of business against the team that they needed to take care of business against. Mm-hmm. And there's something to be said just for that. All right. I'll take that. Yeah. Morrow was uh, 16 for 103 yards, one touchdown. Good fantasy player this week. Right. Okay. Let's go on to this one. I think I'm going to introduce a new segment for this one. Winnipeg Blue Bombers 23 at Toronto Argonauts 22. And I introduce a new segment called Adventures in Gambling. Adventures in Gambling. I'll put the echo effect behind that. Yeah. Because, wow, this game was an adventure in gambling. I will say, you know, it's not like I had a ton of money on this game. So I'm sorry. I've been apologizing in advance to anybody who did lose a lot of money in this game. If you did lose a lot of money on this game, man, reconsider your life priorities a little bit. But I have to say, I never laughed so much after losing a bet in my life. I, I really enjoyed the experience I had watching this game. Talk about the game in a minute, but let's do adventures in gambling first. So, so I take, <laughs> love the sound effect edition. Um, so I took the bombers, you know, minus the three and a half, which is a good number, even in Canadian ball, because, you know, that's the touchdown plus the extra point minus the field goal, you know, four points you win. Okay. That's, that's a good margin. Um, you know, the whole time I'm enjoying, you know, this thing, I think that Winnipeg's going to win by at least enough. You know, it's it's 20 to 13 in the second half. I'm not really sweating. You know, I think that Winnipeg probably has another score in them. You know, 20 to 16, that's still okay. Again, I, I still kind of feel like Winnipeg's boss. Not worried. 23, 16, okay, things are better again. All right. So at this point, it's, you know, the end of the third quarter. And so I hit record on my DVR 
I'm going to come back and watch this this morning. Literally this morning, Tuesday, as we record this. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm watching this thing. And okay, so it's 2360. And now the Argos are driving. And uh, so at this point, I'm checking the progress bar in my recording, right? It's like, okay, wow, is this thing going to go into overtime? Like, no, there's almost no time left on the bar. So something, something's going to happen here. Okay, 22 seconds left. And now here's, you know, here's um, the Argo scoring. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's great. Because if this thing goes into overtime, I can still win. But I can't win if the Argos win, you know, if Winnipeg wins by a field goal. Right. So I'm so I'm thinking, OK, maybe there's a run back. Maybe there's a run back for the touchdown. That'll be exciting. Right. Because there's not enough time for overtime. Right? And the CFL has the system now where both sides get the ball. So not enough time for. Over- and then I see Boris Speedy and I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. Here it is. <laughs> OK, so sure enough, Boris Speedy misses the extra point. That means that everybody who bet Winnipeg minus any points lost. And what had to be the second most popular bet, Toronto to win, also lost. They didn't even get the push because it's not a tie. <laughs> so it's just like, oh my God. Sometimes the house wins. <laughs> Sometimes the house wins. Jesus. Most of the time, the house kicks everybody's butt. <laughs> I can't complain too much. I had a nice run. I, I won something like 22 out of 24 bets. I had a nice parlay going with the Alouettes, but the Alouettes let me down. So I, I, but I hedged on that one. So I was still doing well, but yeah, this game that killed it. That killed it. You know, I ended up going two of two in pick them this week. So that means my, my hot streak is over Time out from the betting timeout from taking my advice. So you've already picked the bombers to lose next week. And I'm sticking yep. to it. You kind of see them losing steam. It does kind of feel like they are losing steam. They've won something like what? 12 out of 13, including 12 that matter going back to last season, I think is mm-hmm. the number. So yeah. Yeah. They lost, they lost the last two regular season games. Right. Because they had nothing to play. Right. For. They're due for the loss. Now, Granted, not too bad. Not really the shutdown defense in the second half. One. No, but you can only ask your defense to do so much. Right. And what concerned me the most, and, and I wondered if this was the same thing you saw, is that Caleros now is getting into that habit of getting rid of it as soon as possible. You know, way too many, especially the later the game got, everything was an outlet pass. You know, everything was look to the side, get rid of it. You know, and I'm just, I know this is a consequence of losing a couple guys off the line. Uh, actually, two and out a couple of weeks ago, talked about this for a little bit. You know, they, they're missing their starting guard from last year, the starting left guard from last year, uh, backup guy from last year. You know, this is, this is, starting to haunt them a little bit. Um, I guess, you know, again, let's do the concern meter. Um, tough schedule coming up next few weeks. 
What did you uh, take away from the Bombers in this game? Concerned meters at mildly concerned. Okay. I mean, how concerned can you be when you're far right. now? Right. But, yes, yeah, so they are finding ways to win, sometimes with a little bit more luck than they than they should necessarily rely on <laughs> in the long term, but you'll take it, right? You'll take one of those. Can't can't anticipate that continuing to happen but you'll take you'll take you'll take a freebie when you get one with a missed extra point at the end i guess my biggest concern is the offense hasn't found a rhythm yet nothing seems to be working they abandoned the inside run game that game i think it was a consequence of toronto having a very stout defensive line and winnipeg having the injuries you're talking about but they did not they they stayed away from it so everything was your outlet passes and, and stretch runs yeah the uh, receivers players in slot back position coming and taking the jet sweeps or uh, anything to get outside of the tackles right. that's where they were going the whole game right. which isn't really the usually their mo and it really wasn't all that effective even though they were trying to run away from Toronto's strength they couldn't get away. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also didn't get, look downfield very much at all. The few times they did, it seemed to work, but it, it, you can't get go that conservative the whole game and expect to keep keep moving the ball all the time. I think it's just it's not so much the yips, but I think he's just protecting himself. I think I think Caleros is yeah. concerned. I think he's seeing guys come through too often, and they do. They do. They're it was also clear they were game planning for the quick right. short passes into the yep. flat and let's see and let's see if we could break a tackle and make this a 10 yard gain instead of a three yard gain. Yep. But that's all they did. That's good once in a while to make sure that the defense can't sit back on you and give you an umbrella mm. deep. But if you do that all game, all the and you don't show them that they need to stay deep, they're gonna come up on you. And stop those plays for minimal gains every single yeah. time. Well, they weren't pulling away either. They weren't pulling away. No. The, the the bombers were doing just enough to win. Now, I, I, I criticized the the well, sort of took a shot at the defense a little bit earlier, but it's not like the defense was bad in the second half. I mean, the the stats from Bethel Thompson are almost exactly the same. Uh, the difference being, and in fact, his completion ratio was well worse in the second half the difference was is that long strike to um, to banks uh was basically the difference that was that was really i mean again a final score and this has been happening in the cfl a bit these past few weeks a final score that was not really indicative of how close this game was because you take away that play and it's this is really not a very close game in the end it probably ends up being here's here's what you have to do Here's what you have to do, though, is if you take away that Banks play, you got to take away the other one, too, where he had the ball knocked out of his hands and it's an interception on a play that could have very easily gotten the Argos a first down inside the five, if not a score right on that play. And didn't his teammates know it? Because that was a real that got some people started on the sidelines was people were like talking some smack to Banks after that, you know, now. Now, okay, what were your, because we talked about this before the show, and you wanted to talk about this. What's going on there in Toronto? 
I mean, is this whole thing is 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 everybody at everybody else's throats? Is Pinball Clemens gonna have to suit up for these guys? I mean, like, like what's? Well, he came down and played principal on the right. bench. Did you, did you right. see that? Right. I don't. I can't remember the last time I didn't see Pinball with a smile. Yeah, that was the thing. Face. Somebody somebody posted that on Twitter today. So I took a screen yep. grab of that and said, "When was the last time you saw Pinball Clemens not smiling?" And even right, and I and, and and to and to be fair, I'm it, you know, I'm not really not trying to pick on pinball here. Like, I actually, of course not. I like I like the fact that he's seems he seems to be a very positive yeah. person. But if you take that kind of a person and put him in the situation he was in, where he had to come down and play principal, and because the coaching staff couldn't handle the business and get them separated. Yeah, I can understand why he's upset. Okay. But what does it take to make to make that happen? It, it seems like Brandon Banks is winning friends and influencing people on the Toronto sidelines already. It seems like he's best buddies with a f- with a few of his linemen from from the looks of things. <laughs> oh. And now that and now it stands to reason. How long does Brandon Banks have left in Toronto? Jesus, is he worth? The emotional energy to there you go. Yep. because he's always been he's always been when he's always been a bit of a challenge to have on a team and if he's not going to produce in a new spot this isn't like hamilton where he's got where he had years and years worth of credit built up of all the awesome things he's done there he's got none of that in toronto like he's literally got no you know he hasn't done anything for the argos yet how long is it? How long do they put up with it if he doesn't produce more? He's the Kyrie Irving of the CFL, man. He just needs to, you know, start denying some vaccines and, you know, believe in the flat earth. And hey, he's there. Let's not go that far. <laughs> Let's not go that far. <laughs> Actually, what I'd like to see happen is the next game he comes out and scores three touchdowns. Of course. And he's the Brandon Banks we remember. Of course. Because the league is better with Brandon Banks doing Brandon Banks things. But if he's not going to be able to do that anymore, he's going to have a quicker exit than he would than a normal player is going to have in that situation. Yeah, but this is this is hilarious, you know, because we've gone through these games. We start this thing talking about how a a team that scored 31 points is in trouble. Meanwhile, their opponents in the division are about to fire their coach. You know, uh, one of them has a zombie defense and the other one is about to blow up in like every possible way, you know, it's just like, damn, the red blacks are looking pretty good at 0 and four, <laughs> you know, they're in the driver's seat. I just, <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember back in the fall when I was doing a lot of research for the, for the dice game. Oh, uh-huh. and I did 86 right. first, but I read, I, I read some, the Montreal Gazette's one of those newspapers I could get yeah. a lot of access to. And Tim Burke was writing Collins in 82 and this is at the end of the Alouettes going kablooey because of Scalvania and Ferragamo and the money and all that, and the Con- and the Concord showing up basically out of their ashes, right. and hit and him writing positive things about how the East is looking to grow and how how he's excited to see what happens, and then you, you tra- and then you check at eighty six, same columnist, no longer smiling on his on his picture frown and it's like i'm done with these football i just want to watch 
the Montreal College is playing now. I, wow. I, I'd rather do that. I'd rather do that than watch the East Division. And it kind of is like, and looking at how this slate went, it's like, yeah, I can kind of understand how he feels right now. I guess. I guess, except now he, he'd go, he turned to the USFL, right? <laughs> hey, did you hear they had their championship game this weekend? Yeah, yeah I, heard about that. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't until today. <laughs> I didn't even I had no idea what was even going on. I and shockingly, the only home team in the whole league won the thing, right? Amazing. Except that they played the playoffs in Ohio. <laughs> so there was no home teams in the playoffs. Oh my god. Okay. All right. I hope for bigger and better things for that league just for the simple fact that you know it seemed like they got they had enough together to produce football like substance. Yeah. And if next year they can actually go into cities and have crowds, it might be more enjoyable to watch on TV than them playing football in a TV studio, basically. I don't know, man. Now that now that you know all the college football teams are in three conferences. That might be a better watch uh, than the USFL. Uh, it's too, maybe they should go to the spring. Maybe that's the answer. College football, go to the spring. Well, that would be great. Then, then you could have some Well, then American you would definitely have professional football in the spring. Exactly. Exactly. Right? <laughs> Why not? Why not? All right. So let's move on to talk about more Canadian proper professional football. Um, I'd like to call up the lines here for the three games, just three games next week. Now, Joe, you pointed out something before the show. Can you repeat the sentiment? Because I agree with it. It feels way too early in the season to have just a three game week. Thank you. Thank you. I concur. I'm sure many of our listeners out there do, especially and thus ends any and thus ends complaining about the schedule because I that's actually not one of my favorite. <laughs> Although it does seem to be Twitter's favorite pastime from time to time. Well, <laughs> I just feel like you know this 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 the whole scheduling thing this year is a little bit weird with the whole West East thing, you know, giving us this short week so early on into the season. I mean, I'm surprised they didn't do for Canada Day weekend. I'm surprised they didn't do one of those weird five five game weeks. Uh, like they do at times. Um, all right, let's go. Let's talk about next week's. Now, some of these lines are pretty interesting. Um, we wouldn't have guessed these, I think, even going into last week's games, what the lines were going to look like this week. Here is now you haven't looked at the lines, have you, Joe? Okay, nope. great. I'm going to have you you take a swing at some of these because some of these are interesting. Okay, we've got first game. Calgary Stampeders at Edmonton Elks. What would you put the line at for this game? I would say Calgary plus uh, or Edmonton plus would be plus seven. So Calgary minus seven. Okay. Edmonton plus three and a half. Okay. And there's your home team bump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The sports books. Wow. Plus, I think the sports books are pretty freaking impressed with Trey Ford, with this receiving core, with uh, the fact that Edmonton has some life unlike a couple of other teams in this league. So, but I don't know. I'm not buying it yet. I'm still pretty impressed on my part with the stamps. 
I think the Stamps are going to be more than capable of going into Edmonton and winning this game by more than three and a half points. Uh, I'm going to take Calgary in the Pickham, and I'll take Calgary minus the point. Me too. Uh, their, their defense is more apt to give Trey Ford trouble. And now they have film on Ford and can see what they probably were expecting to see. Because uh, I'm sure that they took a good look at him in the draft too and had a sense of what he could bring. So they're clearly not starting from scratch there. But having having film against the CFL team definitely helps them. They're well coached. They're well disciplined. They're gonna make they're gonna make Trey Ford's second start a little bit more challenging than his first. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You can bet on that almost. Yeah, almost any I don't think they're would, gonna I don't think they're gonna tear him apart and pick him off five times in a quarter oh, no. in two quarters or anything something like that. Oh. He's got Ford does have a lot of veteran sappy behind him. Coaching staff, wide receiver, wide receiving core. It's not gonna be a blowout. I'm not gonna sit here and say it's like fifty-five to three or anything silly like that, but it will be more difficult for Edmonton to uh, win this one than it was last week. Yeah. I think that, you know, you know, like uh, Winnipeg, these good Calgary teams in the past years have been characterized by that shutting down in the second half. Now with Calgary, it's mm-hmm. more like and making you pay for every mistake you make. Right. Right. Now with Calgary, the thing has been lately is, is, you know, holding the fort, until Bo Levy gets warmed up in the third quarter. But, you know, I think that, again, that's what Edmonton's going to be facing as opposed to the sort of laissez-faire defense that Hamilton's been playing. So quite a challenge for Trey Ford, but I think that Calgary's going to win that one handily. Okay, there's another very interesting point spread. Ottawa Red Blacks at Saskatchewan. What do you think for this one? Riders minus five. Okay. I said I was going to take a break from betting, but this one looks way too good to be true. Riders minus seven. Now I don't. Okay. Right. Now I don't understand where that confidence is coming from. You know, I three and one versus zero and three and zero and three is on the road. Well, yeah, but you got to look at, you got to look at the football sometimes too um again like like okay ottawa is zero and four if you didn't know the scores just looking at them does this look like an zero and four team i think well it looks like an zero and three team until <laughs> friday but yeah zero and four <laughs> i could see that i think i think not so much i'm i'm gonna choose to have confidence in ottawa I'm going to choose to have confidence that some team from the East can win against somebody. So, um, I'll, I'll even go Ottawa, the upset in this one for, for the sake of probably contradicting, contradicting Joe. Um, and I would definitely take them plus seven. Yeah. I would say you're safe in saying that you'll be contradicting me. The bomber fan of me likes your scenario, but, uh, I just don't see it. There's too much. The Riders don't self-destruct. You have to beat them. Yeah. So I'm gonna sit here and say, yeah, yeah. I think they. I think the Riders win this one. 
being at home is going to be a huge help. I like I like that Ottawa is better than they were last year. I just wish they wouldn't have had to start their first four games against what it's looking like. I guess the West basically, yeah. Because just about every, everybody in the West except for Edmonton looks like they could win the whole thing this year already. Well, yeah, but I, th- I think you're drinking the Ryder Kool Aid too soon. I well, uh, ride the Riders are probably fourth in that yeah. scenario, but yeah. in that case, they go they cross over to the East, and then what happens? Uh, okay, here's the but here's the thing, and we've been saying this all year. The riders are not putting teams away. They're not running up scores on anybody. And except for last week. Yeah, but still. I mean, I mean, couple of gimmies. Right? That's easy. Again, if, but if they took them. If Toronto hadn't gotten a couple of gimmies, you know, Jesus. What are we talking about? You know, it's it's like and 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 I don't know, for me, I just I don't trust the riders, they haven't, you know, been killing it. And the red blacks have refused to go, you know, quietly into that good night. So I definitely think this is going to be, well, how do you feel about the seven? Is this closer than the touchdown game? Well, it could be. I don't throw money on those lines. Well, I know because I know, I know I'm not smart enough to make money off of it. <laughs> well, I don't know that. I don't know that I'm not smart enough yet. Uh, right. Okay. Here you go. Here's the last one. Oh boy, this is interesting. Winnipeg Blue Bombers at BC Lions. What do you think the the line is on this one? They probably got Winnipeg favored by like two points or something silly like that. Okay, it's BC by three. So basically, a pick on plus the home field bump. Yes, okay. which. BC gets this year, <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. which really wasn't justifiable. The one the past big, po- the one big positive though for Winnipeg is that this is a six o'clock central start. It's a day game in BC, yep. so you don't have the hey, it's about time for bed. Right, let's kick off right. thing going on, and it's the last game of the week. So they're not getting shafted on the, the early week business. Uh, it's on the weekend. So we're normal. Well, the Bombers do did play just yesterday, Monday. So they only got okay. like five days okay. in between. That's a shortish week, but not. That's one of the bigger factors in me saying BC's got this. The other factor is I don't believe the offense could play, can stand up to BC in a shootout situation. And while I don't think Nathan Rourke goes and puts up 40 points or anything silly, even 30 is going to beat Winnipeg. This yes. Week. Yes. That's my feeling too. Uh, right. And the Winnipeg defense, they do have a couple guys that are at least one guy I know of for sure that likes to gamble and try to make big plays. If they can get, if they can get past, if they can get past Winnipeg secondary once or twice, change, that would change the whole game. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. That's what really became apparent in this last game is, whoa, they will roll the dice sometimes right now. I mean, again, like, like I am just knocked out at how much energy and enthusiasm and Elon these guys are bringing to the game. 
all of these guys are just like, yeah, let's go, let's go kill these guys. And you know, I know football is that kind of game, but geez, I mean, I mean, these guys have no off switch. I mean, these guys are just in fourth gear from start to finish. It's like a hockey game out there with these guys. You know, I just love it. And 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 last week, you know, uh, folks were looking for a chink in the armor, you know, from this this quarterback, and it's just like he's like, nope, screw it. I'm gonna play like a veteran. I'm gonna take this. Huh. I'm gonna take and, this. And chance. then Winnipeg, and then Winnipeg's linebacking core, two out of the three starters going into camp are probably done for the year. Mm. Uh, it's a little. I, it might be a little soon to call Kyrie Wilson out, but he has an Achilles injury, mm. so we don't know if that means a tear or a partial tear or a strain or what have you. Either way, any scenario there is not a good one. Oh yeah, for Winnipeg. So best case, they'll be not hundred percent. You know, best case, right? That's good that for the whole year. Right. Not 100, right. even if he can come back, right. which I'm not, I'm not going to count my chickens on that right. one. So right, right, yeah. So I don't know. It's just time. It's just time. Winnipeg is due for a loss. BC is hot, playing at home. BC is or Winnipeg's on the short week going into yeah. BC. Yeah, it's it, a this place is... that when when the Lions are playing well can be a tough place to play. BC's hot. It's all the factors are lining up. So expect Winnipeg to win by like 15 points and make me look stupid. <laughs> well, I mean, if and I would accept that result and and humbly just go, yep, yep, they showed me. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would shut a lot, lot of people that are sort of beginning to question Winnipeg's invincibility. I wonder up. how I wonder how bomber fans would take that. A 15 point win because. Right, because we haven't had a lot of experience with losing lately. But there was the thirty years before that where you right. start where bomber fans are pretty good at questioning their team and what they're doing, and I'm seeing it because they're not blowing the doors off of yeah. people like they were last year. I'm seeing that creep around. I'm starting to think of, think in those terms again. I know if I'm doing that, others are going to be doing it vocally. So. I just one of those things. I just love to see them. Obviously, they're my team, for one. For two, I'd love to see what the reaction would be when they, if they could go and do something like that and say, "See, we're back," and see how what the, if 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 everything would just flip one eighty, as far as the fan response goes, or if they'd still find something to be upset about. Message to Winnipeg fans, okay. <laughs> It's tough to repeat. It's really tough to three-peat. And three-peating with a friggin' canceled COVID season in between is unprecedented. Yes, so let's do it, right? Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) Right, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. That is the (laughs) argument. That is the flip side. Okay, I was going to tampen. I was going to tampen the disappointment a little bit, but go ahead. Just set that bar higher. Go ahead. That's okay. I'm not a Bombers fan. I just have to worry about my coach getting fired, man. And that Anthony Calvillo is going to be the new head coach, which is not. No, I don't think that would be. No, uh, let's. Yeah. You know, fingers crossed. I mean, he was offensive coordinator there for a little while, and that was too long a four game stretch, (laughs) you know? So no, thanks. This is not his time. If it ever is. Um, I don't know. I guess. I guess real fast, since we didn't do this earlier, uh, should we should we mention Edwards? Uh, yeah, again. The suspension. 
uh, for um, wow, just that insanity that happened during the Eastern Conference or after the Eastern Conference uh, final last year between the Argos and the Tiger Cats. Some Argos were mixing it up with fans after that game. Uh, not a good scene. And what was supposed to be a six-week or a six-game suspension for oh man, what's the first name? Chris Edwards. Chris Edwards for Chris mm-hmm. Edwards, uh, I guess, has been reduced to a three-game suspension. Um, not sure what that's all about. However, there seems to be something going on with the players' association because. Along with this announcement was announced a new set of regulations uh, between the CFL and the Players Association, which I guess is let's try not to pull fans out of the stadium, even if they are gorillas. Well, and then it's like, let's also like make it incumbent upon the fans to not be be awful human beings as and and do things that might cause a human right. being to react that way. Right. right. How about it? Huh? I mean, Jesus, are we going to have to put a barbed wire fence up guys? Come on, man. Come on, fans. We're not, we're not that, we're not that far. No. <laughs> it's just guys. Let's not piss off a player to the yeah, extent that he wants to do something like that. It's not that hard. Yeah. It's yeah. It's strange stuff. Strange stuff. Let's yeah. Come on, Canada. Come on. You're supposed to be the mellow country. You're supposed to be the mellow North American country. You're supposed to be the alternative to the insanity of your Southern neighbors. Come on, guys. Come on. Chill out. Um, so, yeah, I could sit here and rattle off the fan code of conduct that was agreed okay. to. But basically, really it's, but basically, it's don't be a jerk. <laughs> I can. I mean, really, is that, that what it is? And don't be a really big jerk wow. is the other thing. Wow. First First rule of Canadian football, don't be a jerk. Second rule of Canadian football, don't be a jerk. We need Brad Pitt. I mean, if it, I mean, if you need to read the code of conduct to know how, what not to do, you might be the problem. <laughs> right. We can't blame it on dime beer night. Huh? All right. So, <laughs> right. So, it's one of those things. Don't get over intoxicated. <laughs> in the code of conduct. Well, how about it, huh? Jesus, who can afford to anymore? I mean, how, how are you how are you managing this, guys? Uh, in any case, okay, so the Argos don't play next week, so we'll see about Edwards uh, the week after that. If the Toronto Argonauts are still standing, they might be able to hire a new coach. I understand that Kari Jones will probably be available, Joe, in a couple of weeks, so maybe they can just... Well, I, if they're going to do it, if they got plans to do it, if he's uh, on a hot seat, that's what they've been saying. They might as well just get it over with and move yeah. on, or yeah. tell everybody that he's he's the coach and yeah, that his job is safe. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. I mean, this is hardly an unsalvageable situation for any team in the East, including the Ottawa Red Blacks. Actually, you know, I think uh, the Alliance Schooner has got a decent shot this year too. <laughs> Well, at this point, they're only one game behind. Yeah, they're only a game back. They're only one point back by the Canadian methodology. So along with my co-host, Joe Pritchard, I'll sign off for the Rouge, White, and Blue podcast with 
Go Schooners. We'll talk to you next week and enjoy the short slate. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.